Hey, welcome back to Budding Business. It's the man you keep coming back here for, the sweet honey over gravel voice that you just can't get away from. Pardon my cold for this episode, but hey, it's me, Sean Coon. And I'm sure as you were able to tell from the start of this episode, uh, we got a long one on our hands. <laughs> and believe me, it is for all the right reasons. For starters, uh, we have an interview today with local up-and-coming artist, Miss Sylvia Cullen, where we discuss a variety of things, such as her come-up as a musician, the various parts that go into her songwriting and music-making, as well as her takes on music today as a whole and things that she wants to do with her career. Uh, and we also have a quick recap of things that have been going on in Tigers, Inc. as an organization. So for starters, um, we undertook two projects with the help and support of Mr. Art Jarvis. The first being that uh, for every three-pointer made at our boys and girls basketball game, he will be donating 12 cans of food to those in need. And I think now at the time of the recording, we're at something like 150 cans already being donated. So keep on showing out to support our Tigers and helping those in need so that we can give our boys and girls out there on the floor confidence to pull up from way downtown, keep winning, and keep helping out. And again, with the help of Mr. Jarvis, if you, if you can't tell, this, he's a really great guy. Uh, we were able to put on a luncheon for our teachers where we provided them a Midwest Best Barbecue meal, which we were really glad to do again because it allowed us to show appreciation for the people in this building who need it most. So huge shout out to Mr. Jarvis again and Midwest Best Barbecue for working with us to put that on. And another event we have going on, I think at the time of this release, it actually would have happened yesterday, but um, we are doing something with Lemons and Limes. They are a longtime partner of ours, and it is a sip and shop event where we are going to promote their business and their service while also helping out their customers to get some holiday shopping done, wrapping up their gifts for them as they leave and sending them out the door with some holiday cheer. So very grateful and very proud of the things that we've done so far and we are only looking forward to the things to come in the new year. So with that out of the way, uh, I'll make way for the interview. Just a warning. You might want to maybe turn the volume down a little bit lower because it does get a little loud at some points. But hey, it was passionate. It's genuine. I think you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, here we go. Joined today by Sylvia Cohen. Hello. Now, Sylvia is a local up-and-coming musician, but... Uh, I figured who else better to introduce yourself well than yourself? Uh, my name's Sylvia. I'm an artist. I write songs. I've been writing since I was 14. Um, I have music out on all platforms. By all platforms, I mean the majors. <laughs> yeah! Like Apple Music, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Uh, anything else you want to know, Sean? Well, I guess we can figure that out later. <laughs> Uh, so I guess going back to the beginning, where and when did you like kind of figure out that you were a more musical person? Well, when I was in, I was living in South Carolina. We had just moved there from Ohio and uh, it was my fourth grade year and I was obsessed with music. And then I was hyper-focused on this play that we had and all the fifth graders did it. And I was like, I'm going to try out for that play. It sounds like a really fun idea. And at first, I just wanted to do it because I liked acting. I liked um, being on the stage, and I wanted to be an actress on TV. I was obsessed with Hannah Montana. Hmm. 
partly, yes, she made music. I loved the fact that she made music. I would stand in front of the TV and I would perform her uh, concerts all the time as a child. And when I was hyper-focused on this play, I didn't realize that there were singing parts. So the play was Sleeping Beauty when I was in fifth grade. And originally I put my name down for, oh, what was her name? Aurora, the princess. But somebody told me that you had to sing for that role. So then I crossed my name out and I put it under Maleficent. And they were like, well, Sylvia, you have to sing more for that Mm. role. And I was like, what am I going to do now? I can't cross my name out. So I just tried out and I got the part. They were like, yeah, you were really good. And I was like, awesome. So I went in, I did my thing. And then I started singing in front of my classmates because that's what we had to do in choir. We were training for the play because all of the rest of the students had to be in the chamber choir to do the whole soundtrack. And it was draining. My confidence was so low. I was like, I suck. I have to sing in front of all of these people. I don't sound good. And so I just like practiced. I was like, I need to sound good for all of these people. There's like nothing that I can do except work on my singing. So so I would always have my soundtrack on play CD soundtrack. And CD constantly in listening. This is when we it. had those CD got, things in the I car. Just, got good just by singing along. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I already had it. But my mom, one night, I remember this so specifically, we were in our apartment and I was singing in the shower. And then my mom, I started like singing as I was like getting ready and I was eating, I was going to the the kitchen table and I was singing one of the songs. She was like, Sylvia, you can like sing? And this was when I was a child. (laughs) So like when you look at a child and you're like, Sylvia, you can sing, I'm like, I can sing. I can sing and that just fueled the fire. So I just constantly worked on singing, singing. And that was the only thing that I focused on. And then time and time went, I did the play. I performed in front of a bunch of people. And then when I was performing, I'm pretty sure there was a video of it out on the internet, (laughs) but I am painted all green because I was Maleficent. It was certain opinions on that that I won't (laughs) say, Um, but Everybody was like, wow, she's really good. And some of the teachers at that school would come up to me and they're like, like, where are you from? Like, like, why are you? Because it was a it was a school for the arts. It was Jenny Moore Elementary School of the Arts. I think that's what it was. And she was like, are you like, were you like put here by somebody? Are you like with an agency or something? They thought that I was like a, a a famous child and I'm like no I'm just from Ohio and they're like wow and I'm like yeah so it was really awesome to hear that and then I got a real confidence boost and I just never stopped singing and then when I moved back I got a little toy piano fell in love with it I learned our five songs just little I just poked on it and my grandpa was a musician and my grandma had cancer so I had to stay with my grandpa and my other grandma in Kentucky and he always had instruments everywhere we would just play together and I just I grew such a love for music so much and it never went away so 
through all that, was that like first moment in your play, was that kind of when you had that first like seed in your mind, that music or singing even, that's something that can be more than a hobby for you. Like that could be like That was my, I've always had the dream to be famous since I was like a fetus. I don't even, (laughs) like, I don't even know where that came from. Even my mom, my mom told me, she said, Sylvia, when I was pregnant with you, I I had a feeling that you were going to be like a famous person. Like I have like a famous person in my (laughs) belly. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But cool. And she was like, yeah, I thought you were going to be a famous NASCAR driver. And I was like, what? (laughs) That's odd. I don't really like cars that much. But turns out that NASCAR driver is a singer. (laughs) That works out pretty well. I mean, you came in here with a NASCAR, so maybe maybe she was right about something. Both of my parents work at a car dealership. Oh. (laughs) Well, that's rigged then. That's not fair. What so, was the que- did I answer the question? No. Oh God! What was the question? <laughs> no. no okay. So with all that, when was like the moment where you kind of realized that music was going to be more than just a passion or a hobby or just like a regular interest for you? Like I said, I've always had that feeling. I don't know really where it came from, but I always knew. I always felt that I was gonna. Maybe it's because I watched a lot of Hannah Montana, hmm. and I just I loved like. Maybe maybe it was the attention. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but uh, I just remember watching Hannah Montana, and I'm like, "Wow, she's famous! I want to be famous." And then I I was like, "What can I be famous for?" Well, acting. She's acting on the TV. Well, I, what do you want to do? I want to act. I want to be Hannah Montana. I'm gonna act like Hannah Montana. And then it was like, "Okay, well, I can sing now, and so can Hannah Montana." And then I just kind of lost my passion for acting when I was a really little child. Um, But the singing never went away. So I guess having that small spark for acting in that play was like a little canal to a bigger stream. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So basically is what you're saying. Growing up, you thought you wanted to be Hannah Montana, but now after that play, you realized the whole time you just wanted to be Miley Cyrus. Yeah. There we go. That's oh, that yeah. is a soundbite. That entire Miley Cyrus. five minutes might <laughs> go down as the best hey, metaphor. In I history. have to be detailed. I have to give this my no, all. No, that was perfect. <laughs> I, I understand exactly where you're coming from now. And you were saying earlier that you like you started writing. Yeah. At fourteen. Yeah. So like, how did you first like decide to do that, and like, what is that creative process? like for you so when I decided to do it I was actually really upset Hmm. I was upset because I was 14 my parents I I didn't want to be alone and I had just gotten my piano so I had a little spark of inspiration but I was getting really frustrated with myself because I couldn't figure out how to like make like play it and make it sound like flowy I was good at playing chords and playing to rhythm but I was like, how do I make this sound like it's not just a 14-year-old playing piano? I want it to sound like the song. Mm-hmm. And I was getting really flustered, and I wanted to go out to eat. So <laughs> I was like, I want to go out to eat. And my parents, they were like, well, we're, we're going out. And I'm like, take me with you. I want to go out to eat. And they're like, well, we're going out, like going out. And I'm like, you can't take me with you? 
and I got real upset with them. <laughs> so I sat at my piano, and I think I was also going through a breakup at that point. And it was like my first breakup. Fresh. Fresh breakup. And I wrote my first song. I started with just like a little simple riff. It was just a very just somber little depressing little thing. And I just wrote on it and just kept doing it over and over again. And then suddenly like a rhythm came to me like a melody and I was like, okay. And I started humming and then with the humming I started hearing words. So it's weird to describe my creative process because it does like there are times when I can sit at the piano and come up with absolutely nothing. I almost just said something really inappropriate. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, we can edit anything out. Okay. We're all good. Um, Don't worry. I remember just like feeling like it just it just came really naturally. And all of the lyrics was just like soon they were in my mind and then I had like an intuitional feeling and I just wrote them down. And then I just played it and then I'd be like, wow, that sounds like a song. That like actually sounds like a song and I wrote it. So I did it again with the second verse and then I did it again and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a song. And then, and then I'm like, okay, chorus. And then the chorus came and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> I'm writing a song. And the next thing you know, the song was finished in like 20 minutes and I'm like, and I don't finish songs in 20 minutes anymore. But <laughs> yeah. I get that that create that creative mind was very fresh, but the song was just finished. And I showed my parents. They came home and they were like, I was like, I wrote a song, and they're like, Oh, okay, well, let's hear your song. <laughs> you know, it was like, let's hear Sylvia's 14-year-old Sylvia's song that she wrote on her new piano that I, we just got her that she barely knows how to play. I played it, and they were like, Oh, my God you can write songs, you can play piano, you can sing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad was like, I have this friend, I have this drummer, and we're gonna get you into Latitudes, which Latitudes is a bar. And um, well, this might be answering another question, but I'm just Oh no, just go on. Okay, <laughs> Latitudes, is a, Latitudes is a bar in Anderson and it's like a music themed bar. There's a bunch of records on the wall. There's uh, live music almost every night. There's a stage. It's just a very rockish place. Hmm. And I went in there and at the time, uh, John Shale, he was, he was part of the he was one of the owners and I think he ran like mostly the music part of the business the restaurant and he was the leader of the house band which was a bunch of kids from school rock which I almost went there but then I decided not to I don't really know why but all of these kids they were a lot not a lot older than me but older than me I think the youngest one other than me and I was 14 the youngest one other than me was either 15 or 16. I can't really remember. I think it was 16. It's okay if you don't remember. I think it was, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was 16. And, um, and I remember going up there and playing my original songs and like a cover at an open mic night with the piano that they already that had there. And that was my first time like 
playing by myself in front of people at a restaurant it's like whoa there's people listening to me i'm like playing i'm the entertainment here and it's not like oh cute 10 year old like performing at a play oh she's actually good it's like oh 14 year old are you gonna laugh at her or are you gonna respect the fact that she's like actually pretty good for 14 and she Mm -hmm. writes her own songs and a lot of people were like damn she dang she was pretty <laughs> she's pretty good for a 14 year old who writes her own songs and I was like I got a lot of confidence from that so then I became their lead singer when the other well I was the lead yeah so the the house band that was I pretty was, casual <laughs> <laughs> so John was like you're really good I want you to sing with our band. And it took me a while to build up the courage to actually do it. But once I did it, they were like, hey, our lead singer is going off to college and she won't be able to sing all the time. So we want you to start singing with us to warm up, get used to the music that we sing, get used to singing in front of people, get used to performing. It'll be like a nice, you can sing backups. I didn't know how to do harmonies at the time, but I really wish I had the ability to do harmonies because I could totally flex on... Well, I could just flex. I could just flex. Because, <laughs> oh, oh. But, uh, yeah, that was my first, like, real, like, gig. And that inspired me to, like, go out and gig more. And that's what I'm doing. Now. So has it been difficult to branch out from that one spot since you first, like, got your foot in the water? Like, what have you had to do to, like, get in contact with all these places to get put on, I guess? Uh, not very hard. Oh. I don't know. I mean, it was challenging internally. Like, um, when I was... I didn't... It was hard to have the confidence to go up and talk. But then when I... When they were like, oh, you're good, you're good, you're good. Show me videos. What do you like to sing? I just talked. And I talked and I talked and I just learned how to talk to people. You are really good at talking. Probably could talk for a million (laughs) days if I had to. I don't ever want to. I would probably have to be held at gunpoint to do that. Because I actually really hate talking. I'm just really good at it. (laughs) I have so much to talk about. (laughs) But, um... Uh... Um, oh yeah, so I would go on to, um, I would go up, my parents would have friends, and then they'd be like, look at my friend's daughter, and they'd be like, oh, wow, she's good. And it, my, I stopped playing at Latitudes when I was, I think, 15, and then I got my gig, my first gig solo when I was 16 or 7, I think I was, I was definitely 16. Um, and that was at Bishop's Quarter and I got a gig playing piano and singing with a backup guitarist that I knew from the band at Latitudes and we just played a three hour set and it it went like phenomenal like I never expected any I never expected like my first like my gig like it's not Sylvia playing with a house band it's not Sylvia you know, doing an open mic night, it's like, oh, let's go see Sylvia at Bishop's Quarter. And, and it went well. And I was like, 
this could like totally be my reality. Like, like I had a dream and now it's like becoming a reality. That was like my becoming. And like at that point I didn't have any music out. So when they were like, oh, what platforms are you on? What, where can I listen to you on? I didn't have a lot on social media. My Facebook was comp- completely dead. I had no videos up there. I kind of don't. But <laughs> my Instagram was mostly just like your regular high school girls Instagram. I had like two singing videos up there. My original singing account was private because I made my main account my music account. So all of my... Um, like original singing videos they were on a private account so I just didn't have like a whole lot of social media presence and I had like a cover no I had an I have an original on YouTube because I had to submit it for a scholarship at a at a camp it that's that we're not getting into that but (laughs) but um they'd be like where can I listen to your music and I'm like nowhere <laughs> you can find my tiktok i have i have like a lot of singing videos on tiktok and like hearing like tiktok come out of like a 16 year old girl's mouth it's like oh yeah you know you don't it's know like, if they're oh, serious about it okay gotcha gotcha this is and it kind of just made me feel like i was lucky for a minute but then i kept getting gigs at bishops and they kept going well and my dad was ended up it's just like, okay, Sylvia, I booked you a studio session. Be prepared. And I was like, oh, oh, fantastic. Great. It was, it was really nerve wracking. And I had to like immediately like, okay, what song am I going to do? What song is going to be the easiest that I can just get out of the way that I can uh, just do it? And it was 2.30. And that was the first song. Was that the song that you wrote for the first time? Like when your parents went out to dinner, was that something different? Mm-mm, that was different. That first song is definitely not going to get recorded. I'm not wasting oh, my no, money on that. No. I might do like a it's little a mock production. I yeah. might do a little mock production of it. That's not going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> you know, because like, it's like super expensive. But um, it's like worth everything to put them out because it's like a part of me. You know, and I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> My parents do. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. <laughs> so what are, like that first song, 2.30, what inspired that one? How did that one come to fruition? Well, I'm not going to name names, but this is a really embarrassing story. Do you feel comfortable talking about yes, it? Yes. Okay. It's, com- it's fine. Go on. I'm, Speak I'm, your truth. I'm not that hurt about it. I'm not that pressed. But... We all know when the song lyric challenge was a thing, right? What was that? No! I love them you don't know what that is? I love them to rock for a while. I don't know. Okay. Okay. The song lyric challenge, you would pick a song and you would text somebody the lyrics as if it was just like a normal conversation oh wait a minute okay and like a lot of people would do it to their boyfriends and it would be a breakup song and then they'd be like what or it would be like never mind oh like i i know what you're talking yeah yeah. i remember now yeah so go on so i had an ex-boyfriend and there was 
a song called I can't remember. It was a song by Jack Johnson. And oh, I love Jack Johnson. I love Jack Johnson too. Yeah. He's like a He's so softer soft, version of Dave Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. So um I'm texting my ex-boyfriend these lyrics to this Jack Johnson song. And I'm like still like trying to like get him, you know? Like I'm like I'm like, I'm not over you yet. And like, he was giving me some attention and I was just like really naive. So I was texting in these lyrics and I was like, this is gonna work because he was cuddling me earlier. You know, like he definitely still likes me. So he's like, he like totally shot me down. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, ow! And, and I really could not, I couldn't take the pain. And, then, and my friend, my friend Alex was over and I was just so upset. And she was, I think she might've been talking to her boyfriend on the phone. And I was like, hey Alex, like I'm gonna go write a song. Do you wanna come with me? She was like, yeah, I have to talk to Casey for a minute. And I'm like, okay. And so, and so, um, <laughs> I'm sitting in my piano room and I'm like in my feels, dude. I'm like feeling it. And I'm playing piano and those, those chords, that riff, that little, that that just little thing I just got a I got a feeling I got that in, like intuition again and I was like oh oh that's that sounds good and I start doing it again and then suddenly all the piano parts just come together and the the like the bass the 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 low parts and the whole song the the piano riff the piano the, 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 the piano dude I just I can't that, that, that piano riff is probably the proudest moment as, wow. as a piano player as like, the piano as the part pianist. of me as the pio, uh, uh, as the part of me as the part of me that's the piano player that is my most prized possession that, ha- that piano part has so much feeling for me I can't speak for everybody, but like for me, there's so much like emotion behind that piano part. And it was 2.30 in the morning and the rain outside, it was pouring. And he was still on my mind. Wow. <laughs> and those are the lyrics. <laughs> that is absurdly meta. Wow. <laughs> is that how like most of your other songs have been where like you just get into this point it's just where, a vibe. Yeah, you have to, like, it doesn't strike you in the moment. Like, I feel like if you, at least I've had this when I tried, like, I wrote music for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, intro music and different bridges and outros. I found that at least whenever I tried to do that kind of stuff, if I ever went in with a mindset beforehand where I wanted to do something specifically, it never worked. I always had success whenever I would just sit down at the end of a long day or maybe something happened, somebody rubbed me the wrong way. I always just felt naturally drawn to it. Yeah. Whenever that happens, I usually feel like I get an actual result. Do you feel the same way? I, when I write, I'm mostly driven by emotion. 
that or I get inspiration from other songs that I really like. I'll hear like a major drop into a minor key and I'll be like, ooh, mm-hmm. that sounded good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do that, you know? And um, most of most of my inspiration comes from like my favorite artists or really underground artists that have really creative ideas. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to I need to I need to recreate that feeling. It's not like the sound. It every single sound has a feeling behind it for me. So like, if if uh, oh my god, I can't think of an underground artist right now. So I'm not gonna name one. Tim and Paula. Tim and Paula is not <laughs> underground at I know, all. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> um, if like an underground artist creates this this Michael. M-I-C-H-L. That's how you spell it. Okay. He, he just has this like almost electronic feel to his music. And he drops from like, he drops from majors to minors and he goes fast and he goes slow. And it's just like, it's, it's a, his music is literally a literal roller coaster. And with every little like electronic swipe sound or like literally anything there's always a feeling behind it and i'm like how am i going to create that feeling in my style you know what i mean i do know what you mean yeah yeah that being said what would you say like your dream like collaboration is right now it could be anybody Uh, underground or major like if you could work with one person Okay. Who would it there, be? Okay, there are a lot of different vibes that I go that I want to go in the direction for with my music. However, there are some just absolute like I want to work with the people that have the complete opposite hmm. kind of feel. Suicide boys. <laughs> Could you imagine if 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 my voice had like was on a suicide? It might not even sound good, but do you know how much fun it would be for me to work on a Suicide Boys song? Oh my God. That would probably be fun, yeah. Oh, that would be probably like, that or Doja Cat. Really? Doja Cat, because I love Doja Cat. I think she's an amazing performer. She does like, okay. She's a performer. I'm gonna get heat for this. But I think she has, like, really good sense for sound. I don't know what it is, but I think it's the one song of hers, like, Streets. What? Yes! <laughs> I love that song. The Silhouette remix. Ooh. Ooh. But it just, like, yes. it gets into that low part, and you can hear the bass, and, like, yeah. the 808 is just it's shaking like crazy. It's the feeling yeah. behind the sound. It makes you feel feel something because personally i don't really care for her lyrics as much but i mean i really listen to music for lyrics anyway i love her lyrics i think they're so clever and she talks about astrology in her songs and we love a good crystal (laughs) 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 damn yeah you're gonna make me do a lot with this okay i mean okay agree to disagree in her lyrics but she absolutely knows how to evoke emotion absolutely. in music. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I want to do. That's with chord progression, whether that's different embellishments with different instruments. She knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. I think you two probably think the same way. Yeah. Maybe. I, I feel like we would vibe. 
We have definitely vibe. We have, like, I feel like our energy, it would just shift, you know? Just like how it just, like, in and out. Waves going back and forth. Yeah, it's just going to, like, And then we're going to, like, have, we're going to, like, look up at each other and we're going to be like, I already know what you're thinking. And then we're going to write an amazing song. And then it's going to be, like, the best song ever. Q One Direction. Okay, yeah. Um, just wait five years. That'll come out anytime. Uh, get ready to stream it. Five years? That's coming out tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> okay. What song would you want to cover then that you already have? Because you know, I'm assuming you probably have done a lot of covers. With I have done a lot of covers. Let's start though. Yeah. What's What's your favorite cover that you've done? Oh. Okay. If you can choose. There are lots. I. Okay. You would never think that a teenage girl would do a piano cover of Unforgiven by Metallica. However, it is so <laughs> much fun to play. It fits that, like, the, the notes of that song, like, fit so, like, comfortably in the sections of my voice. <laughs> and, like, the piano is so satisfying to play. So... I can easily just get into like the swifty little vibe when I'm like playing and I just feel like I'm in a trance when I play it you know and it's the the lyrics the lyrics like they really speak to me sometimes I mean like they're super deep and I can't recall them at the moment <laughs> but <laughs> but like when I'm like reading them and I'm singing them and I'm, I'm feeling them and I'm like wow this is like this is like magical you know so that's the best one you've done that's the best one that I feel okay. the best one that I've done I can't tell you because I don't know what's one that you want to do though a cover that I want to do. I don't know. Because whenever I think of a cover that I want to do, I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you should do I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. I Will Survive. Yeah. You haven't heard that one? No. At first I was afraid. I was, I was petrified. Yes. Uh, I know that song. You I barely know that song. That. I could probably do that. You know, I actually tried to do um, What's Going On by Four Non Blondes. And each time that I tried to play it, my chords kept going off. So, like... Chords going off? So I always have um, a iPad in front of me when I'm playing at my gigs so I can have my chords and my lyrics. Because oh, okay. I don't know how to read music. And you cannot ask me to memorize, uh, like, four hours worth Word. of music. You I are preaching the choir. Sheet music is terrible. Yeah, I don't know how to read music. I... Respect to people who know how to read music. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I could never even fathom. But like, I feel like the creativity—it's like unmatched when it's your own, you know. Absolutely. Instead of like playing something that was already written, you can just write your own notes in a different order, and it's the same song. It's just your version. Mhm. That's a wonderful way to look at it. Yeah. All right, this has gone on for a minute. Uh, is there anything you want to leave to the audience right now? Benediction. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Yes, I have a quote. I have a quote. I have a quote. And I came up with it, and I'm going to be really, really salty if I find it somewhere else and somebody else said it first, but this is very original. Claim it now. I'm claiming it right now. 
You cannot manifest a bad future by worry. You have to manifest a good future by hope. That's heavy. Isn't it? But it's heavy in a good way. Yeah. Perfect. All right, thank you so much for your time, Ms. Cohen. It's been a pleasure. After that interview, um, I really was kind of searching for a good way to condense everything that happened in there to a nice metaphor to relay back to you guys. And the reason why is because, first of all, there, that was just long to begin with. But there was so much in there that, you know, this, this took me a while to formulate. And for, I guess this is a more personal detail, I've really gotten into philosophy recently. And for anyone who is remotely interested in that they probably know something about plato's cave and for those of you who are aware of his work the republic uh this is not going to be a similar cave but and reflecting on what she had to say i came to the kind of realization that the journey to self-discovery is much like a long dark cave but all the way at the end you can kind of faintly make it out is that there's a fire at the very end and all that you know is that where you are in the cave right now, it's cold. It's cold, it's damp, it's dark, it's wet. It's not a good place to be, and, some, and at some point, you know, you got to move. And eventually you do. But then you realize as you creep through this cave, you have absolutely no idea what's around you. It's scary. It's terrifying at times. You could be stepping in a puddle, you have no idea what's in there. Feel someone screaming around your foot, you have absolutely no clue what that is. You don't know where you're going. Maybe you don't even know what you're doing. But the one thing that you can be sure of is that you are moving towards that fire. Now, what does this have to do with the interview? I think in Sylvia's case, her journey to self-discovery happened much like in this cave metaphor, where she had to go out and take a chance at that play where she played as Maleficent to see what her talents really were. That was when she kind of first discovered what her gift was, and then after that, she took it and ran with it. Of course, after that, she still had to keep on taking chances on herself and her abilities that she didn't know if they were going to work out. But through that repeated process of trudging through this cavern of self-discovery, not knowing what lay before you, around you, she eventually got to her fire. And what the fire is, the fire is your calling. It's your vocation. It's what gives you warmth. It's what makes you feel full. And for her, that is undoubtedly the creative pursuit of artistry. In her, in her specific case, music. But I think we could all find this fire in ourselves as long as we put away the fears of the cave and keep going. Because, as many people have said, and paraphrase throughout human history, as long as you keep on moving forward, you're going in the right direction. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you really got something out of this today. Or even if you didn't, at least you were mildly entertained by it. Uh, this has been Sean Coon, and this has been Bunny Business. Y'all enjoy the rest of your time. <laughs>